0: the apex church podcast thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today On September the 9th, 1965, James Stockdale was flying a mission over North Vietnam. His plane was shot down. He parachuted into a village where he was captured. James Stockdale would spend the next seven years of his life as a prisoner of war in the infamous Hanoi Hilton. As a senior naval officer, he was routinely tortured denied medical treatment, confined to a concrete cell with no window, three feet by nine. How do you survive seven years in these kind of circumstances? How do you survive that kind of physical and psychological trauma? Hear the words of James Stocksdale, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted, not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. His answer to that question has become known as the Stockdale Paradox. Why, you may ask. He held faith and realism hope and suffering together intention. The power is in the paradox. It is in the coming together of the two elements with each balancing the other that gives the Stockdale paradox its practical strength. I'm so glad to be with you today and start this new sermon series simply entitled, God's Got This. We're gonna look at the fact that whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, if you're a child of God, that He is watching over you, that God is sovereign, that His will will be done, that we can trust Him, that we can depend on Him. Whether you're in a mountaintop or valley, good day or bad day, God's got this. We are going to be reminded and we must allow the comfort of knowing that God is sovereign to give us the strength for every challenging day. God is in charge. Therefore, I know he will bring me through and I know that he will use me and use this circumstance for his purposes. This period will be the making of our faith. Think about this, not the breaking of it. We are going to be reminded that his kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't lose faith in the end. Of the story. We're going to go to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. It is the seed plot of the Bible. The composite of this book we find eight great facts. Creation, fall, deluge, nations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph. It's intriguing that the first 11 chapters deals with the evolution of man, systems, the governments of this world, and then 39 chapters are giving over to four men to tell us about their life, to help us understand what they went through, what they experienced, where they went, their challenges, their blessings, and their successes, so that as we look at their life, we would get an understanding that God is in control and God's got this this is nowhere more clearly illustrated than in the life of joseph his life seems to take twists and turns for 22 23 years it seems like his life is going in a different direction than he had planned don't worry if joseph was here what would he say to you and i he would say these words god's got this Let's look at this story of Joseph very briefly. Today, I'm reading from Genesis 37, verses 3 to 5. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that the father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him anymore. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. Fast forward to Genesis 50 verse 20. That's towards the end of Joseph's story. And he says these incredible words to his brothers. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God, I love that. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. I love the character of Joseph. He's actually one of my favorite characters in the Bible. You know him because of his coat. I actually love him because of his Christian character. There are many comparisons between Jesus and Joseph. Think about this, both were loved by their fathers. Both were sent by their fathers. One was betrayed for 20 pieces of silver, the other for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was rejected by his brothers and Jesus was rejected by his brethren. He came to his own and his own received him not. They threw Jesus in a pit. Sorry, they threw Joseph in a pit, Jesus in a borrowed tomb. I love the story of Joseph. I'll tell you why. It helps me understand that in hard times and difficult times, as a Christian, we can let our light shine. If we thought that the story of Joseph, the context was in heaven, we would say, well, we get that. But actually, he was a real person here on earth that went through the same challenges that we face, that we experience. And yet, through them, he was able to overcome because God's got this. It reminds me that we can let our spirits soar. It reminds me that whatever we're going through, whatever we're facing, whatever challenge is in our world, we can put our trust in God. If God can move in Joseph's life, I know that God can move on our life. God has a plan for all of us. He wants to work in us. He wants to work through us. He's determined that we can be used for His glory. And maybe you've given up this morning. Maybe life has, you have faced some difficult, challenging circumstances and you think, what is the point of going up? Well, let the story of Joseph remind you that God has got you covered. Well, hey, we're going to do a whistle-stop tour of his life, literally, and I just want to land and anchor around a few points which, where we can see the incredible hand of God guiding and directing the life of Joseph. Even in the times when Joseph would have thought, this is crazy, we see that it was ordained by God. Joseph was the favorite child of Jacob's favorite wife. He was the child of old age. He was one of 12 sons. And you know the story that the father loved him so much, he gave him this multicolored coat. He was the father's favorite. The Bible says in Genesis 37, 5, now Joseph had a dream. And then 37, 9, then he dreamed still another dream. Well, you would think that someone gifted like this would be well accepted within the family. But when his brothers heard the dream and began to understand what the dream meant, the Bible says that they hated him because of his dreams. By the way, not everyone gets excited when you've a passion and a sense of purpose, and you're moving forward. You expect everyone to applaud you. But sometimes people are jealous. And this is what Joseph experienced. Some people and some commentators have said that some commentaries have said that maybe Joseph shouldn't have shared his dream to his brothers. And perhaps as Joseph went through life, he began to reflect back and think, "Why did I open my mouth? But actually... What perhaps seems like a misstep was actually part of the working out of the will of God because all things work together for good. Have you ever said something that you regretted? And maybe you've held on to that and and it's become a a thorn in your flesh and you've reflected on your life and thought, well, if I hadn't said that or if I hadn't done this, I wouldn't be in the predicament I'm in. And I, I guess there are circumstances where, yes, we've blown it. But for Joseph... Actually, the dream and even the sharing with his brothers was all part of God's master plan. You see, I believe that God has a will for our life and God plays his part, but you and I, we have to play our part. It's easy to say God's got this and just sit back. It would be easy to say, well, if God's got it covered, what's the point of me doing anything? No, no, no. God plays his part, but God expects us to play our part. Jacob, the father of Joseph, comes and says, I want you to go and see how your brothers are doing and and take some bread to them. Now, if you read the scripture in Genesis, you'll discover that Joseph had already brought a bad report previously to his father regarding his brother's behaviors. So Joseph knew that when he went down to see these brothers, who, by the way, hated him, that he would not be well accepted, that he would not be received, that he would not be invited into their situation or circumstance. But notice how Joseph unlocks the door to the purpose of God in his life through simple obedience when he says, Dad, if that's what you request, Dad, if that's what you want, I can go. I'll go do that. I'll go and see how my brothers are doing. I know they don't like me. I know they don't appreciate me. I know they don't applaud me but I'll go and see what they're doing because I am going to be obedient to what you want me to do. I've discovered in life over many, many years that the key to the will of God in my life is walking in obedience to the voice of the Father. It was only as David Remember this story when David once again went to see how his brothers were doing on the battlefield sent by his father. He went with the bread and with the cheese to see how they were faring. Little did he know that he would end up fighting the giant. If David had not been obedient with the carrying of the bread and cheese, he would never have ended up in that situation where he would be in the midst of the battle. God is calling us to a place of obedience. Joseph makes his way to Shechem where his brothers are looking after the flock. But when he gets there, he discovers that his brothers are gone. And the Bible uses this incredible term that he's he's just wandering around looking for them. Now think about this. God's got this. At this point, Joseph could have said, well, can't find my brothers. I've been obedient to the voice of God. I'll, I'll, I'll just start heading home. But the Bible says this incredible thing. There was a certain man who found him wandering around in the fields and was able to give him direction to where his brothers were. Certain man, no name, we're told nothing about him. This was a man that I believe strategically placed by God to give Joseph the direction to where he needed to be for the next step of his journey. You see, the brothers had gone down to Dothan. There was no way Joseph could have known that. But God's got this. And this certain man gives him direction. Joseph then goes to Dothan, which by the way, just happens to be closer to the trade route. That's very important. You see, if the brothers had still been in Shechem and they had put Joseph in that pit that we're going to discover. There would not have been those uh, Ishmaelite traders that were on the way to Egypt passing in that direction. So what does God do? God gets Joseph's brothers to Dothan and then gets direction to Joseph to Dothan to get him closer to his plan and will. Why my friend? Because God has got this. Isn't it amazing that certain people come into your life at God-ordained times and it seems like your life is like a pinball machine. You're all over the place. and God, what is happening? And my life is in a mess. Could it be that God is redirecting you because He has a purpose to be filled and actually He is nudging you towards your purpose because the steps of a good man are ordained by God. The Bible says that his brother saw him afar off. Well, why would they not? You could see that coat. And they says, the dreamer is coming. And, and they devised a plan that they were going to throw him in a pit. Have, have you ever felt that life's, pit, life's the pits? <laughs> have you ever felt that what a mess? In and, and a pit, the Bible says it was a dry place. You are in a dry place, a place that just feels horrible and And you look around you and you think, all this because I had a dream. All this because of my desire to to do something for God. And maybe that's where you find yourself right now. But but even the pits can be part of the plan of God. Even the the low points, even the, the low spots can be part of your journey. You see, it's while he's in the pit that suddenly the brothers see Ishmaelite traders coming along. Notice this, they're on their way to Egypt and they've just come from Gilead. They've come from Gilead, they're going to Egypt. Do you know that they could have been going from Egypt to Gilead? But God once again, because he's got this, he has Joseph's lives so orchestrated that the traders that come along are going in the right direction. (laughs) I love this, the right direction, to get Joseph where he needs to be because God had a plan for Joseph in Egypt. His plan for Joseph wasn't in Gilead. So his brothers, they sell him to the traders. and The Bible tells us that he's led in shackles into Egypt. Little did he realize that he maybe went into Egypt in shackles, but one day he was going to have a gold chain around his neck. God, my friend, has got this. He ends up in Potiphar's house, you know the story. And he does, does so well that Potiphar puts him in charge of everything. And, and why does he end up in Potiphar's house? Well, the Egyptian culture was different from the Hebrew culture. And if God's plan was that one day Joseph was going to be prime minister over a nation, that he had to learn the rigidity. He had to understand what it meant to be an Egyptian and how they operated. So God puts him in this incredible house and he seems to be a slave in the house of Potiphar. But because of the blessing of the Lord, and the Bible says these words, because God was with him, very quickly, Potiphar, recognizing that, trusts him to look after his whole household. By the way, God was with him. When I read chapter 39, it's so interesting because I, at the very beginning, we read these words, God was with him. And at the end of chapter 39, we read these words, God was with him. A lot of stuff happens in between. And it almost seems like bookcase between God is with you and God is with you can be high points and low points and challenges. But God reminds us, because he's got this, that he is with you. And maybe my friend, you need to hear those words today. God is with you. Well, Potiphar's wife uh, accuses him of, of something which is terrible, and he ends up in prison. Joseph is in prison, and I guess at that point he could say, God's got this? I don't think so. My life is a mess. But even in prison, the Bible says God is with him, and the favor rests on his life. And actually, he now is put in charge of the prisoners that come into that prison. And by the way, it wasn't any old prison. It was the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Joseph could have ended up in any prison. But because God had a plan for his life, woven into the life of Joseph, was the fact that God wasn't going to put him in a prison over there. God was going to put him in a prison here, where the right connections were going to be made to get him where he needed to be. While he's in prison, we read that the baker and the butler of Pharaoh ends up in the same place. They, they had displeased Pharaoh. Whilst they're there, they too have dreams and Joseph is able to give them the interpretation. And the baker, he ends up dead and the butler is released and he finds himself back in prison. The palace, Joseph says that when he leaves, now, don't you forget me, you remember me. The Bible says that two full years pass. Two years of wondering if the the knock is going to come. Two full years of waiting to hear the, the key in the latch. Two years of tossing and turning and wondering, God, what is going on? Once again, I've done the right thing. I, I used the gift that you've given me, God, to bless others, and now they forgot about me. But something incredible happens. Why? Because God was with Joseph. And the Bible says that it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. Pharaoh's dream was one that there would be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, but he could not understand his dream. The butler has one of those moments. Ah, wait a minute, sir. I remember two years ago when I was in jail, when you were upset with me, that I had a dream and the baker had a dream, and there was a young Hebrew boy there that was able to interpret what was going on. Send for him quickly, says Pharaoh. And Joseph comes in to the palace. He enters the palace a prisoner. He's able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, Where can we find someone who is wise and discerning, who is able to administer what you have told us is going to happen? And he looks at Joseph and he says, Wait a minute. Where can we find such a one as this, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Joseph, you're the man. Why was Joseph the man? I'll tell you why. Because God was with him. And everything that Joseph had gone through, he'd experienced, the downside, the the misunderstandings, the lies against him were all part of God's plan to getting him to this place in Egypt. Pharaoh trusts Joseph. He becomes number two. Can you believe that? And he's able to administer the food program And eventually, they enter the years of famine. Listen to what happens. Joseph's brothers, they come to get some food because there was no food where they were. (laughs) God's got this. Joseph recognizes them and time does not permit to, to tell the whole story of what happens. But let me fast forward to Genesis chapter 45. And this is when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. And Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives, listen to this, that God sent me ahead of you. Between chapter 5, uh, five sorry, between verse 5 and, and verse 8, three times, Joseph says these words to his brothers, it was God that sent me. It was not you who sent me, it was God who sent me. You see, he had perspective. He had understanding of the sovereignty of God and the plan of God and the will of God that way back he had those dreams. And now he was seeing those dreams being fulfilled. Why? Because God has got this. And whatever you're going through and whatever you're experiencing. Joseph was a 17-year-old boy when he initially had these dreams. Now he's 30. 13 years have passed. Ups and downs and in and out and in favor and out of favor. But God's plan for Joseph's life was being outworked in every step that he took. And now Joseph had true perspective. Because he was able to say to his brothers, wait a minute, it wasn't you who sent me. It was God who sent me. That's why in Genesis 50, verse 20, that verse that I love so much, Joseph was able to say to his brothers, you meant it for evil. That was your intention. But God, God's intention, God's plan, God's will for my life, God meant it for good. To bring it about, I love this, as it is this day, that's, this is perspective to save many people alive. My friend, don't lose faith in the end of the story because God has got you covered and he's watching over you. You know, I remember my dad used to tell an incredible story of, I forget it was somewhere out in Africa, that a rite of passage into manhood uh, for boys to become men was that they had to go through this initiation ceremony. And the night before the ceremony, the boys had to sleep outside in the forest in the dark all alone. I guess it would have been a terrifying thing to do. I wouldn't like it. And as they would be there all alone because they were separated, they they would hear the noise of the animals and they would be fearful and afraid, but they knew that. If they tried to make their way back to the village, then they would be discounted. Fearful and afraid as as it gets darker and darker and the noise of the animals would seem to be louder and louder. They had to stay still and have that resolve. I I can't go home. I've got to stay here. It's going to be okay. It's, It's going to be okay. And then dad tells the story that as the light began to, disperse the darkness the boy would look and all of a sudden he would see what seemed to be a a figure in the distance and as he would sort of try and rub his eyes and, and see clearer he would see yes it's it's a man and and he would begin to see clearer and it would seem that that man had a dagger in his hand and, and fear would fill his heart because he thought perhaps that man had come to do him harm But as the light began to get even clearer, as the boys vision began to get clearer, he recognized that it was his father. They didn't tell the boys, but part of the initiation ceremony was that dad was there the whole time, protecting them from any harm that would come their way. My friend, whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, you have a heavenly Father that in the midst of the darkness is watching over you because he has a plan for your life. God's got this. You're listening to my voice and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. You're listening to my voice and you're saying, Neil, that's an incredible story. You unpack some things I didn't know. That's great for Joseph. But now I'm not talking about Joseph, I'm talking to you. You need a savior. His name is Jesus. He loves you very much. He wants to come into your life to guide you and direct you. And I would love to pray with you right now. If, if you would like to ask Jesus come into your heart and become a Christian, pray these words. Dear Lord Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner And you are my Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. And make me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed those words, why don't you get it in the chat? I said yes, and we'll get in contact with you. It's been so good to share this incredible story. I know we went through that incredibly fast. But I want to remind you, never lose faith and never lose sight in the end plan of what God has for your life. May that be a blessing to you.